So this summer, the, uh, the one word title for our, for our series has been practices. Um, we wanted to talk about a trellis of practices. If you remember way back in January and February, uh, we talked about different components that lead to our growth and our health and what a habitat of growth looks like and includes. And one of those things is that it includes a trellis of practices, a trellis that helps us grow up and out, if you can kind of picture that. Maybe you have something like that in your, in your own yard. And these uh, practices that we participate in are not the end result, it's a means to an end. It, it helps us engage in that relationship with God and it also transforms us so that we can get out and be the hands and feet of Jesus to the, to the people in the world around us. And so in June, we looked at the, the practice of presence. In July, we focused on prayer. And this, uh, this month, it is spiritual reading or um, meditating on scripture, meditating on poetry, as we did uh, a week or two ago. So uh, with this in mind, uh, we'll kind of lean into a little bit uh, for our panel for August. But in general, just kind of how spiritual practices have come into play for them. So in case you don't know, um, the, these people, Rebecca, Tim, and Lori, and uh, let me tell you why I selected these three people in particular to be on the panel. And now they're nervous. Yeah. Um, I could have selected them because I think, okay, these, these three people took that card that we use that we've been suggesting and these three people have really implemented these practices. Um, I believe that they have, but um, the reason that I selected these three people is because I see the fruit of spiritual practices in their life. So when we, when we see what God does as we open up this space, that's really what we're after. Again, the practices themselves are not the end. Uh, goal. It's it's just a means to an end to how God can transform us and, and work in us. Um, it's it's tempting, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about how you engage in these spiritual practices and how that impacts you. And it would be easy, at least kind of speaking for myself, and maybe some of you feel the same way, to kind of listen and and go, wow, these people are really serious and um, really committed and that's man that is what a really good christian looks like well let me tell you why they are good christians um that is um first and foremost because they were created in the image of a god who is good and they put their faith and trust in the one who is really the only one who is good and uh, as they put their faith in christ it is because of christ that we are made good so with that, I hope you're able to relax a little bit um, and uh, allow God's goodness to shine through you as, as you um, share some things. I did give them some questions in advance um, about 10 minutes ago and uh, no, earlier this week. And so uh, it's just gonna kind of be popcorn style as they respond to some of these. Um, I'll at times kind of turn and say, does that make sense? If, if you want a little bit more feedback, um, you know, raise your hand and, and shout out something, you know, hey, I've got another question. But uh, we'll kind of walk through this and 
after we've had some time to glean some wisdom from them, then we're going to put into practice some of what they've been talking about. We're going to do uh, one of those meditative practices together that will prepare us for communion, and that's how we'll wrap up the service for today. So uh, let's kind of get started with, uh, and just whoever wants to answer can, can answer and kind of think of it even as a conversation among the three of you, and can respond to each other's answers if you want to. Um, I talked about, uh, mentioned transformation and the role that that plays in us. Uh, we are always being, being formed. Is that, that better? Okay, good. Each of us is being formed every day. Now, by what and into who is the question. Uh, so we engage in these spiritual practices so that we are transformed into uh, a clearer reflection of the life of Christ. That's, that's what our aim is in this. And so kind of with the transformation uh, thought in mind, here's the first question. How would you describe the difference between reading your Bible for transformation and reading for information? We live in a very information-driven society, and certainly to know certain things in the Bible are very good, but how would you describe the difference between reading for transformation as opposed to information? Yeah. Um, for information, you might be wanting to study the Bible to create a Bible study to teach people or to prove a point. And I think for, for transformation, you soak in the Bible by reading it and absorbing what the authors of the Bible said and it works in you over time and you are mentored by them. Right, it's like when you're when you're reading for, sorry my chair's on me, there we go. It's like when you're reading for information, like you're grappling with the text and you're trying to learn more about it and you know, you're trying to actively understand it and make all these different connections like kind of with your brain, right? You're, you're doing the work of like trying to interact with it. But I feel like when you're reading the Bible for transformation, you're, you're not trying to so much control or be in control that you're really opening yourself up for, um, for yourself to be changed. And it's kind of like external versus internal to me. And, and the, the studying though, studying for information, is helpful. It's super helpful. It's super helpful. And it's fun. Yeah, and it can be fun, like digging into commentaries and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> and it helps lay a good groundwork for God to be able to then, when you read, more for transformation purposes, to be able to like really fully like use what, what you're reading. But, I mean, so much of it is just kind of like, I think like the posture that you come to reading scripture with, you know, like um, <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I really want to do the like thing that you suggested of like starting every morning on your knees. I'm going to do that still. I haven't done it yet. Because, I mean, I think that posture of like, okay, um, I want to come before you, God, for the purpose of transformation. Um, is kind of that humble sort of 
posture. Okay. Okay, here I am, Lord. Um, I don't know. I think that's been helpful for me. And I don't get on my knees. Yeah, I think um, I think the approach to the scripture is is a is a big part of it. Um, what we hope. What we're hoping for as we approach the text, okay? Um, does that make sense? What do, uh, do you have? Questions? Would you? What? What are you? What are you thinking? Well, Daniel, your son just swatted a fly, which to me means he had a question. Uh, no, no. But, <laughs> but I will ask. Um, All right. When when you are reading for transformation. Um, which parts of the Bible have the most, you know, have, have the most transformative effect on you? Um, is it the people interacting with each other? And you think I'm, I'm going to try to keep this much shorter than I just wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> but is it the people interacting with each other, and you're like, oh, that's a warning, don't do that? Or is it more? How did Jesus do that? Can I participate in it? Or are you asking like, who is who is God um, working through and how? I, I mean, what, what are some questions I guess you bring to the text that make it really inform your person if you're transforming internally? Good question, Rebecca. I personally love, I mean, there are parts of scripture that I love that I go back to over and over there um, because I've walked with Christ for 41 years now, <laughs> which is kind of, um, I feel like a little bit hopeful because if I've walked with Christ for 41 years and I'm still such a crazy person at times, you know, like it's. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I really love the Gospels because what I want to have is the character of Christ. And that's, um, you know, that's where we see what Christ did and how he interacted with people and we see his character. However, I will say I love the Old Testament and I love learning about um the culture that Jesus was in because I feel like in order to understand some of the things that Jesus did or said and we need to understand some of the culture where because Jesus wasn't a, a white American man you know like we need to understand a little bit of that culture also to to get some of the things that he was saying um, but I also think that I can flip in between my information and transformation self. I don't always think that it's black and white like that. Like you can gather information and allow that to transform you also. So um, I, I really love reading how Jesus interacted with people, people's responses. So all of what you asked, yes. <laughs> I, I, yes, the answer is yes, all of the above, you know, like, I mean, I feel like I've been reading scripture for a long time, 51 years <laughs> now, um, and I feel like, you know, over the years, it becomes, it all becomes transformational, and not just 
never just reading for information. Yeah. You know, I'm always, you know, kind of looking for, you know, God to transform me in some way whenever I'm reading scripture. And I love doing Lexio Divina style uh, reading of scripture at times, not all the time, but at times. And I find that that is really an especially great way for me to like enter into um, yeah, that posture of um, desiring to just really hear from God, like right here, right now. What is it you want to say? The, um, the thing, one thing I wanted to say um, up front and didn't, and that is that spiritual practices in general and in reading scripture in particular is one of the ways that God transforms us. But anything in life can transform us if we're open to it. Um, the most difficult thing that you have faced in this last week can be a beautifully transforming experience for you. Um, we believe that, that God is a God who enters into those experiences with us and wants to do that work in us. He loves us and wants us to become more of the people he's created us to be. So he can use times of difficulty, suffering. He can use uh, experiences of great joy, all of that. Um, so we're talking, when we're talking about these spiritual practices, we're saying, okay, I am intentionally going to set myself in a, in a position um, for this. We wouldn't intentionally set ourselves in positions of suffering. Those just happen to come, <laughs> okay? Uh, so what we're talking about is, um, is, is choosing to engage for transformation. So I think, Daniel, that's a great question about where in Scripture would you read? And I, I think probably even based upon our temperaments and seasons of life where one of us might read and really encounter God in a transforming way could be completely different um, from one person to the next. Um, all Scripture is God-breathed. That was the first thought I had as you were as you're asking that question, God can breathe through any part of it um, for his spirit to do that kind of work. Um, now, if we're honest, we'll say it, it's a lot easier to read something and gain some information as opposed to um, reading something and acknowledging that there's stuff in you that needs to change. Can we admit to that? <laughs> you know, um, if, if I'm going to the gym and I'm just looking for just a really laid back, slow three or four minutes on an exercise bike, that's one thing. But if I'm going in there and I know I need to break a sweat and I've got to burn some calories and I got that's a, I don't look forward to that in quite the same way. And so there is a, a way that we can approach some of these things um, and, and we know it's going to require something of us. And so my second question is uh, why is reading for transformation challenging? And then in that question I put in parentheses, and yet worth it, because <laughs> sometimes I think we need to be reminded of that. Why is reading for transformation challenging yet worth it? And could you give me a personal example of how you are in the process of being transformed? Um, And suddenly we get vulnerable. <laughs> I think um, reading for transformation is challenging because I, I buy into the lie that other things are more important. 
Um, I don't always buy into the truth that uh, that God is the only way that I am going to be filled, the only way that I'm going to be whole. Um, I buy into the lie that like that's not the most important thing that I have to do, you know? So, um, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I, I get super excited about spiritual practices because in my life over and over and over, God has shown up. And I can't deny that it's God. And so it kind of, it like, I think that it's weird that I still don't believe that it's the most important thing that I have to do during the day, that I'll still, like start to like do a spiritual practice and then get up and wash the dishes instead, you know, like, because God has shown up over and over and over. And one of my, um, well, also people, I'm, I'm not the, let me sit down in a chair. You guys will be surprised. I'm not the <laughs> sit down in a chair and be quiet and automatically be very spiritual. Like, I'm an active contemplative, and so I need to move my body. So a lot of the times, the spiritual practices that we talk about don't exactly fit who I am. And like you're saying, I believe that God has designed us in a way and that we need to figure out how we are designed and then let God connect with us in that way and not be like super sad that if we sit for 30 minutes and we don't hear from God, then we're doing it wrong and we're a failure or whatever, you know? Um, I decided one time I was going to be a runner and I practiced and practiced and practiced and it was hard and I hated it. Um, but eventually I started doing it and I could do it. And at first when I, when I started practicing, I had to concentrate on not tripping over the sidewalk and I had to concentrate on like breathing and not passing out and all that. And then after a while I got better at the practice. And it became this thing where I could run and I could listen to God at the same time. I didn't have to concentrate on running, but my body was moving and doing this repetitive motion, which is really important to me is to have something that's physical, that's repetitive, that I'm not having to think about. Um, but I also believe that I, I personally need to start with scripture and then do some kind of movement. Otherwise, what I do is I tend to like let go of all the things that I'm thinking about and trying to control, and and then like things start happening, and I just think that's God, you know, and like things start like things are revealed to me. Um, but if I don't start with scripture and intentionality, the things that are revealed to me are like how to organize that closet better so that it can, you know, like, it creates space in my brain for, for problem solving and stuff. But when I start with scripture and then I do this movement or whatever I've chosen, um, it creates space in my brain for God to speak to me. And one of the most powerful things, which sounds kind of, well, no qualifiers. One of the most powerful things um, that's happened within the last 10 years, uh, I have a, less than beautiful relationship with my father and um, it was really hard for me to understand God as father because my dad was not super great um, and I was running one day and you know and I heard God say come here Rebecca and 
like I like it was this weird I don't even want to try to explain it but I went to God and he grabbed me up and he patted me on the back and and, and I started being but but God blah blah and he would just pat me on the back and he would say shh, shh. what about this I can't do this and I need to do it and he's like shh and it was this whole idea of God embracing me as a perfect father which allowed me to let go of all the things that I was hanging on with my own dad, right? It allowed me to forgive him and see him as a broken person and see him as a person who was doing his best, even though his best is not what I need. And it allowed God to take that rightful place of perfect father. And so even today, when I start getting spun out, like my slidey eggs on the plate from a couple of weeks ago, when I get like spun out, God embraces me and just, You know, I, and I have I, that to me was really powerful, and I've kept it with me, and it, God has used it over and over. But I have like a million examples of how God has um, spoken to me through spiritual practice. Could you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> part of it was um, how are you being trans how are you being transformed whether it's by spiritual reading or by other spiritual practices but um, just the acknowledgement that reading for transformation can be challenging but hopefully worth it what makes it challenging to you yet worth it and could you give us an example of how you are being transformed um, this may not fit exactly but um reading the Bible over time, it's great to absorb just things it says, and I remember one occasion where, when I, I am a surveyor, and when I was just starting my surveying career fresh out of school, I didn't know how to do the notes right in my field book, and I transposed the location of some measurements, and my boss didn't realize it was just a simple misplacing, and he thought I'd messed up the calculation when we were staking out of the building, and he yelled at me, and he says, how can you make such a mistake? And because I've been in scripture, that passage, Ecclesiastes 10.4 came to me, um, when a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great errors to rest. And that just kind of came to me. And I was able to just go, okay, let's just take a look at this. And so I looked at the numbers and, and then I figured out, okay, I just misplaced the numbers on the page so the calculation came out wrong. He calmed down and I felt like I'd saved my job. And, <laughs> and um, another time, um, this is off topic, but I have a mental illness past in my youth. And I remember having this feeling of just being bound up and tied up and Opening the Bible and reading a passage I'd read before several times, but it came to me like like a handwritten note from the sky, where God says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." And it, it's like God spoke to me through the page, but it was special, and that's happened a couple of other times where. Thanks, Jeff. Remember, there 
original question again. Um, challenging. Uh, sometimes it's challenging, yeah, just to slow down, right? Because to like open up the Bible, you know, it's hard to do when you're like doing dishes or whatever, right? You have to like stop for a moment and slow down. And that slowing down is challenging sometimes for me. Um, but I find that, I mean, it doesn't take very long. It doesn't have to be like, even though I love to sit down for like a half an hour to an hour or something and like really get into it. But I mean, the reality is like sometimes it's just like three minutes, five minutes, you know, doing a little quick devotional reading or something or a little quick, you know, I, I've been, I, I, I'm a Christian counselor and so sometimes this summer during my counseling sessions at the very beginning, I, in order to help us transition to like being together, you know, rush, rush, rushing, and all of a sudden, okay, here we are, whether it's on video or uh, it, on the phone or something, it's like, okay, let's just start, I'm gonna read the first two verses of Psalm 23 and you know read through like three times very slowly and uh, my clients say it really ministers to them helps them to relax to be able to focus and get centered and it does the same for me and i'm like yeah this is just three minutes worth you know is, is plenty and yeah so the slowing down part but also like being active, I think it's helpful for me too. So like when I, I like to listen to Pray As You Go. This morning I listened to Pray As You Go when I was walking the dog. You know, it's just a beautiful pairing to me of like movement and scripture. The blessing of God. I, um, I've only known, um, well, Everybody, with the exception of my family, everybody here for a max of two, two years, and so I don't, I don't have that long history with you, um, but it is, it's just one of those things that is, it's, it's hard for me to imagine the you that you used to be, um, and I you think you were gonna be, <laughs> and I, I just that's a testament to what God has done and is continuing to do in your life. Um, there, is a, there is a me that existed 10, 20 years ago that is still surfaces every now and then, but we've made a little bit of progress and we have more progress still to make. Um, I have I've kind of joked and said, I, I am not the poster child for spiritual practices because there's just so much still to be done. Uh, but I shudder to think about where I would be if it wasn't for some of these things in my life and where, where I would be if God hadn't taken the time to, uh, to, to poke it at some of that. So I celebrate with you what God has done, is doing, will do. Um, and I hope you're able to kind of give yourself that, that same grace as, as well. Um, when it comes to um, some of these spiritual practices um, involve reading, okay? And in particular, this one that we have kind of keyed in on for this month. What would you say to someone who is not a reader? Because I'm guessing that we have some people here that are not 
big readers. It's not your favorite thing to do. I, at our house, we don't have this problem. I am constantly telling my kids, put, put your books down and look at a screen for crying out loud. Okay, quit reading and, and binge watch a movie. Said, yeah, said Gary Taylor never at his house. Um, no, it's just maybe reading isn't what we would first be drawn to in something like that. What would you say if, if someone says, I'm ah, just not really a big reader when it comes to doing this kind of stuff with the Bible? Uh, the Bible's on tape, and you can listen to it as you're driving. I have a friend that knows the Bible quite well, having read very little, but listened to it over and over again. Well, and Gary, like you said, I mean, spiritual practices, the goal of spiritual practices is not to get good at spiritual practices or to do them right. The goal is to know God more and to be um, changed in your life and to exhibit his character, right? And so um, I believe very strongly that God has given us scripture so that we can know him better. And um, if you're not going to, like, if you want to be a baker, but you never practiced baking, you'd be a pretty bad baker. If you want to be a musician and you never picked up your guitar, you wouldn't get better at being a musician. There's a lot of grace in the Christian life, but if you don't practice, then you're, you're not going to grow and show God's character in your life if you don't practice. Um, there's an element of, like, when I've practiced something a lot and I get really good at it, then I'm really good at it, but then I don't practice for a long time and I don't do it for a long time, and then suddenly I'm not as good at it anymore. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, if you're not a big reader, you totally can listen to the Bible online or on a tape. <laughs> you can, you can, um, you can listen to podcasts. Like we can know God's character through other people. You can have conversations with other people. Like it, it but I do believe scripture is really important. And so, um, you know, there's another element of me that because I'm an artist that sometimes I don't feel like I've truly completed a cycle of whatever God is teaching until I've put it in paint, you know, like until I've done something creative with it. And so um, I don't, to, to risk sounding mean or blunt, I'm not a big reader is an excuse. I'm not a big reader, that's an excuse. I mean, there's a lot of grace. There's a lot of grace in God. And there have been times when I have not been in scripture um, but if you're not a big reader, you know, you can still find ways to listen to God. Like, go, go to a tree, go in nature, like watch people that know God, you know? And also I feel like people think that you have to be like really good at reading scripture, understanding scripture, and you just don't. Sometimes it's hard to understand. Sometimes you can read like one psalm and be completely <coughs> overwhelmed, you know? I, I'm a big proponent of Pray As You Go. How many of you have tried Pray As You Go 
but uh, not, okay, only a handful, not too many. Uh, it's not for everybody, but I feel like it really um, presents scripture um, in different ways. There's music every time. Maybe you don't like the music, I don't know, but you know, I, I would say keep trying because they change the music. <laughs> it's not the same every day, you know? Um, and there's kind of like a guide to guide you through yeah. listening to scripture and their questions to reflect on. And um, it's only like 12 minutes maybe on average. It's not very long, not very much of your time. And you just listen to it and take it in and talk to God, um, you know. And Sacred Space is another app that, um, it requires reading, it's not audio, but again, you can read it all in like three minutes. Or you can take your time and go through it, and there's kind of a guide to go, uh, to lead you through it, which I think is helpful. Yeah, yeah those are great resources, for sure. Yeah. Um, the, uh, on the back of the card uh, that has Kate's painting on the front, on the back of that card is, is some more information for pray as you go to help you find that, to download it. Um, and let's, um, how, you know, I think of the, just where we are in our country right now and just how, how fear and anxiety and worry um, are just dominating the headlines and dominating um, our thoughts and probably more than they should are determining maybe some of the decisions that we make. Um, so a more specific question, by regular participation, how might spiritual reading or, or some of these spiritual practices translate into a healthier emotional and mental state? Uh, one of the Proverbs says, he that walks with the wise grows wise. And if you walk with the characters in the Bible and, and Christ through reading the Bible, you're spending time with them, even though you may not see them face to face. And you absorb, and it, it's, it's, it's like what you spend time with. That's why people, like parents, are always concerned that their kids have good friends. You become who you're with. And so... Be with good books. Be with good people. Um, but the Bible is awesome for that. It's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Thank you. Is to share this or not? Um, <laughs> I, just, I just feel like it's... Um, I just encourage people, encourage you guys just to, to do it, just to try it, just to, you know, keep at it. It's a practice, um, but it's a, a practice with lots of returns. Um, yeah. I have a little hitch in my giddy up. Um, it's kind of funny that I have a little hitch in my giddy up because I feel like I was just a tiny bit um, judgmental a minute ago and I didn't mean to be so I'm hoping that that didn't come across as judgmental 
I think when my life is unexamined, um, so last couple of weeks ago when I talked about being a slight plate of eggs, you know, um, I talked about how I feel like a deviled egg on a plate with no divot and that like everything is making me go everywhere. When I am not letting God examine my life, I get super off balance. Um, I either get like weirdly emotionally off balance like that or I get like this zombie girl where like I just don't feel like I'm like a real person and I don't feel like I have any effect on the world. And um, I think, oh, I think that letting God speak to me through scripture and um, allowing God's space in my life to inform my life helps my life be a life that is less selfish and more concerned with other people. Um, and when my life when I am being less selfish and I'm being more concerned for others, then the natural like, side effect of that is that I am more constant and I'm happier. And, you know, when things that are upsetting happen, I'm not like completely knocked off kilter because I'm getting my worth from God and not from whatever's happening in my world. And so, um, like, I, I am a better human to myself and to the world when I'm involved in, in spiritual practices. And um, The week that I talked about slidey eggs here, uh, I had an encounter with God where I feel like God... It, I do this imaginative prayer um, where I read scripture... And then I try to put myself in the scripture. Like, I'll read a text, and then I'll, like, try to imagine what it looked like and what it sounded like and what it smelled like and, you know, the food that they were eating. And then I allow myself to become an object in the scene, and I just allow it to play out, um, which sounds weird, but God speaks to me so much like that. And after I shared about the slidey plate thing, um, slidey eggs, I went home and I felt like God said to me, hey, Rebecca, you do a really good job of sharing when you're crazy. <laughs> like, you do a great job of being like, I'm a crazy woman. He's, but, but I feel like God called me. He was like 2080. Sometimes, like, I feel like God is calling me to 100% proclaim that he is the truth and he is the constant and that I do a lot of proclaiming about the when I'm failing and feeling kind of weird and not okay, but I don't do as much of saying what God is doing for me and how I am walking in a good path. And um, I feel like God, in a very beautiful and loving and non-judgmental way, <laughs> said to me, Rebecca, I want 100%. I want 100% of you. And... So in the past two weeks, every time I've gotten slidey, which slidiness is a real thing, you guys. <laughs> every time I get slidey or I get anxious, um, a lot of you guys know my brother's been in the hospital for two weeks um, because of COVID. And like, every time I get anxious, I feel, I remember 100%, 100%, 100%. 
I'm still concerned about my brother, but I am 100% trusting in God. And, um, and that's, that's not like an hour scripture, you know, like that's not like any crazy thing that I'm having to do. Just God put that in my brain. And so it's like a two, like a one second. Oh, I'm getting nervous about that. A hundred percent. I trust in you, God. So it makes my, it makes me more constant and less selfish. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to give us each a chance to get quiet with uh, some scripture for just a couple of minutes. All right. So uh, thank you for the three of you. Feel free to applaud and thank them for being wise and vulnerable at the same time.